Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Gilmore Girls has been off the air for a full decade now, and yet there has never been more fever pitch around the show, in part because, as we all know, and like have literally been penned into our iPhone calendars for years and years and years, the reboot for all new episodes are coming to Netflix later in November, and we all can't wait. I am such a fan of the show that I did probably like the fangirliest thing of my entire life this past weekend, which is that I traveled to the real life Stars Hollow with 1,500 other crazy obsessed Gilmore Girls fans for the first ever Gilmore Girls fan festival. I was there with my friend and former colleague, Anne-Marie Conti. Hi, Anne-Marie. Hi. Um, So you are just as obsessed with Gilmore Girls as I am, actually probably even more obsessed. I think I've rewatched the series like five times straight through. Yeah, so definitely more obsessed. So I have to ask you right off the bat, and then we're going to talk all about the fan festival. We are going to share a ton of interviews with the cast. We are going to drop secrets about the show left and right. So this is going to be a really fun episode. But before we get to all of that, Anne-Marie, Team Dean, Team Jess, Team Logan. I don't understand how anyone is Team Dean, and I think the people who are Team Dean are just being contrary. I don't get it at all. I like how you're like, I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just going to bash Dean. No, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) You've thought a lot about this. Team Jess, I understand why people are Team Jess, but I do not agree. It is Team Logan 100%. He's the best boyfriend and I love him. I love him too. I'm also totally Team Logan. I actually feel like the more I have watched the show as an adult, the more Team Logan I am. Um, I feel like I was sort of going into like a passionate speech about Logan because this is basically all we talked about this weekend and kind of saying like there's so much nuance to the way the relationship (laughs) is written you know like I'm basically writing like a doctoral thesis about why everyone should be Team Logan but you also had a bit of like an impassioned Team Logan spiel when we were at dinner one night I just I think that Jess is he his function on the show was to be the rebellious and to really like get Rory to um, he got her back to Yale which was awesome and that's is sort of where his function ends but Logan they actually had like a mature relationship and I just feel like there was there was so much of it that they went through and they got through and it felt a lot more real to me like Jess is high school I've seen those bad boys I right I have Jess is a phase yeah I don't you know I think everyone has had a Jess in their lives and you don't marry a Jess you marry a Logan right I keep dating Jess (laughs) don't do that don't do that (laughs) um so although overwhelmingly and we'll talk a little bit more about this later but the overwhelming mood at the fan festival was very pro team Jess and almost yeah and almost 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 all of the cast and crew, because of course they all got asked one million times what team they're on. Overwhelmingly, the response was Team Jess, which I found to be surprising because I agree with you. Totally a phase. 
And I feel like any of the cast members, like um, Biff, who uh, played the contractor Tom, he was Team Dean, and I think he's uh, conflating the actor with the character, and I get that. They work together. Dean had helped work on the Dragonfly. Right. I get all of that. But, and I, you know, I just, it, no one's Team No one's team Dean. No one's Team Dean. <laughs> So, Anne-Marie, walk us through, because you were the one that got invited to this festival to cover it as press, and you brought me along as your kind of, like, press plus one, and then here I am talking about it in the Cosmo <laughs> podcast. But for those people who weren't lucky enough to travel to real-life Stars Hollow this weekend, can you kind of explain what the festival was and sort of walk people through what happened to us over the past, like, 48-plus hours of our lives? Well, Elisa, you're an evil genius, and you immediately were like, we need to dress up. And I was like, I'm not dressing up. And then immediately sent you back like 15 text messages right. like different uh, plaid skirts that we could wear. You so, tried to play it cool for approximately 30 <laughs> seconds and then you're like some Amazon links for you to prove. That's the story of my life. Um, so I you know I was really approaching it as going all out going 100%. I wanted to live out my Gilmore Girls fantasies through this festival and I think a lot of people did. The thing that was really cool is there was a lot of mother and daughter teams there who'd watch the show together and I thought that was really lovely and wonderful. We talked to one mom who was there with her daughter who it was her daughter's 25th birthday so that's how they were celebrating so cool so cute yeah and i think and i was surprised at how many um fan t-shirts there were there's so many cool inside jokes that people get um and everyone like everyone got them like right away and like understood and was able to talk about them and that was really really cool so like friday night we show up we drove up in a jeep wrangler because why wouldn't you drive up in a jeep wrangler um and Anne-Marie had actually been like Jeep Wrangler or like Prius. Like, do we want to be a Lorelai or a Rory? And we're like, you got to do the Jeep for the Instagram. A hundred percent. And we got the shot. So that's the most important Mm -hmm. thing. And so we showed up and everyone was just the weather had been raining on the way up. And then we got there and the weather had broken and everyone was just so excited to be there. They had Founders Day Punch. And so we were drinking Founders Day Punch. Which was delicious. It was delicious. And to clarify, we were actually the town we were in was Washington, Connecticut which is a real town in Connecticut and is the town that was supposedly the inspiration for Stars Hollow. Although that said, really, we were traveling to a few different towns. Right. And really, you know, you can tell Amy Sherman Mellon, you know, you know, her general inspiration was small town Connecticut. It wasn't right. necessarily literally Washington, well, but that was the basis. I for the think festival. she had stayed at the Mayflower um, Inn, which was just which is just down the road. And that was the inspiration for the Dragonfly. And then all of that sort of tumbled out of her from there. There's a dance studio that looks like Miss Patty's dance studio and we got to see a dance performance there. It was so so cute. They did one number in pajamas, which I just felt like was so like it felt like something straight out of Miss Patty's, like a yes. little kooky and like adorable. Yes. I and that's the thing. That was basically the overall vibe of the festival was it was like run by fans, for fans. Everyone who was volunteering for the weekend was a fan. Like you could talk about the most minute, like esoteric detail and people would understand you and you could debate big things and you could debate small things. And there was a couple of cool reveals like about actors playing double roles and things like that, that even I hadn't seen. And I've seen the show like a gazillion times. That was um, one of the hilarious moments in the cast panel um, was when the actor who plays Caesar, apparently he is an extra in one of the like Chilton dance a scene, a Chilton dance. I, I don't think even it's. Remember. I think it's the scene when um, 
the when Rory takes Dean to the dance and um, God, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I'm forgetting the character. The Chad Michael Murray character yeah. um, is like sort of harassing, um, harassing. And I think I think Dean says something like, "I'll kill you, you idiot!" Like it's like very cool. Like he very gets in dramatic. a fight. Yeah. Yes. And somewhere in the background is um, the actor who plays Caesar, which is really cool. And then he comes back, you know, obviously as Caesar in the in series. Steiner. And, right. And he believes that. It's the same character, and he came back and got a job at Luke Steiner. He that officially was, confirmed that. Yes. He was like, that was not me playing another role. That was Caesar at Children's <laughs> Academy. But um, he hilariously said on the panel, the actor that plays Caesar was like, I've been waiting 10 years for someone to notice that. He was like, I was never going to reveal it. I was waiting for it to be found out, and found out it was at right. Gilmore Girls Fan Fest. So I am keep interrupting you, and so I'm getting you off track. But we arrived Friday night. There's the Founders Day Punch. There's sort of tents set up outside where yep. they're doing screenings of the show and different little fan activities. Um, and then the main event on Friday night was a panel that was moderated by Mikey, Michael Osiello of TV Line fame with some of the behind-the-scenes characters. So that was primarily, you know, the casting director, the dialogue coach, the costumer, um, revealing a lot of behind-the-scenes <laughs> secrets. Wait, what are you cracking up about? Um, so Valerie Campbell, who was the head, like she was the costume supervisor, and Elisa and I, have, of course, are still wearing our Chilton uniforms, and she yes. <laughs> walks past us, and she goes, she just basically points her fingers at us and is like, no, 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 wrong color. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> she like, wrong color, wrong person. Right. doesn't fit. I was like, I got this skirt off Amazon for $13. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> but she knows the show so deeply. And the thing that was really cool is that one of the actors was telling me that she is sort of like the linchpin of Gilmore Girls because she has like literally touched every actor. Like she is, she was a costume designer. She put clothes on everybody. She knew exactly what they're wearing. She has this crazy catalog memory of what people wore and when this was a really cool she said it on the panel that I loved that if you're a super fan you'll know this if um, in the cotillion episode when Rory has her coming out the girls are all wearing like the big poofy dresses then they took those dresses and they dyed them and they used them for the you jump I jump Jack episode when Rory attends the life and death brigade um, you know their big party so that, those were the same dresses. And then they cut them and they used them for um, an episode where Hep Alien is playing at a bar mitzvah. And so I thought that was just like so cool that like. Right. And they, I had no idea. And that level of economy, I can really appreciate. Right, exactly. Stars, they're just like us. Rory, she's just like us. That was one of the cool insider details that came out on that panel that we were referencing that Michael moderated. Valerie Valerie told this whole story. Um, Another story that came out of the panel that I thought was super cool was the casting director's um, first of all, they were saying that they knew that they had to recast the role of Dean immediately. And they knew that was going to be really difficult because he's so important as Rory's sort of first real boyfriend. Um, and, you know, they ended up saying it's so clear that all of the cast and crew loves the actor who plays Dean, Jared Padalecki, and essentially that they found him on their very first shot. And, you know, normally for a role that's this important, you might literally talk to 100 actors. Um, so it's kind of cute that they said this kid, you know, comes in and 
He's leaving the next day for Texas, so they had to interview him right away. He meets with the casting directors. They're, like, over the moon about him. Run to Amy Sherman Palandino's trailer, and they're like, you have to... I know we're not supposed to be, like, talking about Dina. I know you're working on other stuff, but you have to come see this kid. So she comes in, watches his interview. He leaves, and she turns to the casting directors and is like... That's not fair. Right. You're not supposed to find him on the first time. They should be harder. They should be harder. So that was a cute story about finding Dean. Um, the casting directors also told a story that's been wild, widely reported since the Fan Fest this weekend um, that I'm going to retell because it was pretty funny. But basically, the casting director was saying that in her previous life, pre-Gilmore Girls as a casting director, she had interviewed this insanely talented young male actor, just blown away by his addition, and she'd always kept him in mind. So when they were casting for a male character, she said it was a football player or something, to appear on Gilmore Girls, she was like, I have the perfect person, he's so talented, he's so good. She's talking him up to everybody, including Amy, brings this guy in, and the audition just you know, falls flat, you know, just not very good. And so he leaves and they're kind of like, oh, like, I don't know about that. Turns out the actor was Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) Just, which just just goes to show everybody can have a bad day, even Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Even Ryan Gosling. That is true. So much inspiration. Inspiration (laughs) abounds from the Gilmore Girls fan fest. The thing that was so cool about that panel is that they all get up on stage and I'm looking and I'm looking at the dialogue coach and I'm looking at the dialogue coach and I'm like, oh my gosh, he played the teacher. And he was, and I talked to him after and he's like, that's right, I'm Mr. Bell. So he was like an actor at first and then got hired as the dialogue coach and then played um, the teacher at uh, Chilton, which I thought was so awesome. Right. And you never, we were talking about that a lot, that you never think of actors having like double lives. Like if you're in front of the camera, you're an actor. (laughs) But like a lot of these people, you know, have been in front of the camera and behind the camera and kind of bought back and forth. Um, The dialogue coach also said during the panel that hands down the best person in memorizing their lines was Lauren Graham. He said he, she essentially has a photographic memory and would sometimes arrive on set day of having not even read the script and could look at it for two seconds and have every single line in her scene. And like all of us Gilmore Girl fans know how long those scenes are. So that is especially impressive. Um, then on the Fan Fest at Saturday, um, we had the opportunity to visit the real Independence Inn, which Anne Marie mentioned. We saw the cute little pajama dance performance at the real life Miss Patty's, which Miss Patty Liz Torres herself introduced. Um, and then there was a panel that night with a bunch of the cast members. But one thing that was really cool about this is that, you know, since we were there as press, we really had a lot of opportunity to talk to and hang out with the cast. Um, Anne-Marie, did you have a favorite sort of run-in with the stars who were there? Well, I think um, Mike Gandolfi and I are now best friends, and I'm just going to put that out there. Um, He played Andrew, um, the owner of the Stars Hollow Bookshop, and he was just super cool because he was really chill. I think a lot of these people are just grateful that, like, the... Um, that the fever pitch continues and that, you know, the fandom is great. And so he's, you know, and he had started as a writer on Roseanne and that's how he knew Amy Sherman Palladino. And his wife is a novelist now and he's telling me about her new book. And like, that was really cool because it was just really neat to talk to him about other stuff. And like, that was just like what we were saying before. It's like, oh my gosh, he's a writer. He's an actor. I don't understand. (laughs) Right. Like, you're not just an actor. Right. Um, So I really, really enjoyed uh, talking to him a bunch. And then, I, you know, Sean Gunn is just, uh, he's super great, and I just really like him. And he, I, there was a guy standing outside directing traffic, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is the Kirk of 
um, Washington Depot. Like, this guy is the Kirk. And I was like, Sean, you have to go outside and put on a reflective vest. I was like, I will pay you $20. And he was like, Anne Marie, do you think I need $20? And I was like, no, but, but don't you think it would be really cool? And he was like, no, I do not. Um, <laughs> he had no chill about that question, but it was a funny moment. Um, I want to play another funny moment for you guys. This is like terrible audio that I recorded on my phone of the panel with um, with the panel with all of the actors. And so this is the moment. This particular panel with the cast was moderated by the guys who host the Gilmore Girls podcast. Not that I ever like to pretend other podcasts besides Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour exist. But um, they hosted this panel and this was a funny moment when they were introducing Sean Gunn who plays Kirk. So I'm just going to play this for you guys real fast. Just the, just the first minute of it. to hear but basically after introducing Sean Gunn they were like okay so first question Kirk and he was like please call me Sean Gunn I do have to say Sean Gunn has a heart of gold because he did uh, one of the things that he did was a meet and greet with fans and a cat adoption so he had kittens from the local shelter and he had team Kirk and team cat Kirk t-shirts for sale and all the money went to the shelter. It, they raised over $700. They got like eight cats adopted. Um, I talked to a bunch of people who were, who had actually adopted the cats and they were like, I didn't even think I was going to come and adopt a cat today. And so I think that was just really awesome what he did for the animals because that's something that's like super close to his heart. Yeah, that was very, very sweet. Um, I also, we had a chance to talk to Keiko, who plays Lane, several times. Um, And I was basically, she was a really sweet girl. She was so game to talk to everybody. Um, They did a surprise performance, a surprise Hub Alien performance. Which we missed. Which we missed, but there are videos of it, blah, blah. Not that that's the same. But um, (laughs) she was, you can also tell that she's like besties with the characters who play Brian and Zach on the show, her bandmates. Um, but I will say, all of that aside, she's a lovely person. But I was basically like trying to get at her to tell like gossip about the show, and she was just like not having it. So I'm just gonna play this first minute of my interview with her, where I'm trying to get her to admit that she's a better friend than Rory is, and she just like refuses. So I'm gonna play this. 
I always kind of felt like there's that one plot line in the show where Lane gets mad at Rory for being obsessed with all her boy drama and being a bad friend and they apologize and make up. Yeah. But like Rory is a little bit of a Carrie Bradshaw. Like she's a little bit of a selfish friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> Professional opinion on that? Oh, what's my opinion on that? Uh Lane was a better friend to Rory than Rory was to Lane. Oh. Well, I, I think Lane is a pretty damn good friend. Exactly. I would have to say she's a She's very giving, she's very understanding. I do think that Lane is the kind of friend that you'd like to have. But I but I but I what I did like about the uh, Rory Lane dynamic is that when when Lane did meet her, she was always there. There was never any worry about um, you know how dedicated Rory was to her. I think. I think one thing that was so interesting about Lane as a character yeah. is Can I put my stuff down? Oh, yeah. oh my god, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so one thing I feel like is so interesting about Lane as a character is, you know, she's there from the very beginning, but we really see her role grow, and we see her sort of evolve and have more of a character arc. Do you feel satisfied with the way that it all turned out for Lane? I think, you know, it's funny because I feel like she's still growing in my mind. I don't think she's, I don't think she's done in my head. So probably not satisfied because I don't. In my in my mind, I don't think her journey is over because she's still relatively young. So I'm going to cut that off there. <laughs> I also asked her if she, um, how she felt about Lane, like getting married right away and um, having twins and like all of the season, season seven craziness. And I asked if she thought that that was like a, something that was, you know, good for her character. And she sort of completely dodged and weaved it. So I kind of think no one is happy with that storyline and it feels and, so and sex unpositive and right. all of that. So we kind of feel like it's, you know. Right. And I was just going to say famously, Gilmore Girls fans know that in the final season of the show, the creator and writer, Amy Sherman Pellin, you know, I've said her name like 25,000 times, left the show because of sort of widely reported creative differences. And so the seventh show, a lot of fans feel was not as good essentially every time I watch the series and I get to season seven I'm like what and then I realize oh it's season seven season seven it's not as terrible as it is in my mind but you know it's not it's just not there I actually don't think it's terrible because I love I'm such a Logan fangirl and he plays such a role in the later season the best way to watch season seven this is an expert tip for you guys is to just fast forward through all of the other crap and only watch the Logan scenes and my husband will watch me do this he looks over my shoulder. He's like, you're not watching anything else. And I'm like, just Logan. <laughs> Such a babe, that Logan. Um, if you guys need to plan ahead for like rewatching the entire Gilmore Girls series after we're talking about all of this or, you know, when the reboot comes out on Netflix, one thing you can do while watching the series is try out Sunbasket. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's one of those companies that sends you meals that you can make yourself. I've tried it. It's so delicious. It's so fun. And it's so easy and literally I say that as a person that knows nothing about cooking. So one thing that I really love about Sun Basket is if you're like me and you just don't have any time, this is the perfect service for you. They deliver delicious, healthy recipes and fresh ingredients straight to your door. You can prepare each meal in just 30 minutes or less. It's healthy cooking made easy. And the stuff isn't gross. It's all organic, non-GMO ingredients from the best farms and fishermen. They tell you where everything is sourced from. Everything is seasonal and sustainably sourced. And even though I have literally no eating allergies myself whatsoever, I will eat anything you put in front of me. They also offer 
paleo, gluten-free, and vegetarian options, all created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Each meal comes with pre-measured fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow directions. I don't have a boyfriend, but if I did, I feel like it would be a super fun thing to like do with your boyfriend. Although, I don't know if your boyfriend's going to want to watch Gilmore Girls with you. Don't, so, don't you think you should invite me over? Yes. Oh, my gosh. But you, Anne you like know how to cook for real. So if you come over for dinner, I feel like I'm going to put you to work. <laughs> I have to save Sunbasket for my like lazier friends. <laughs> but um, I really, I can't tell you guys enough. The food is so good. I had such a fun time making the delicious meals that they sent to me. You guys can try it for yourself if you go to sunbasket.com slash Cosmo. That slash Cosmo part is really important today and get your first three meals for free. Again, that's sunbasket.com slash Cosmo to get three healthy, easy to prepare meals all for free. I'm just going to say that one more time to make sure you guys have it. Sunbasket.com slash Cosmo. I'm writing it down. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So for our next segment of the show, I am very excited to introduce two very special guests, Jenny and Marcus Whitaker, who are the people that dreamed up the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest and actually brought it to life. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Marcus. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. Um, I feel like, okay, so we're doing this entire show about the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest because Anne-Marie and I had such an amazing time this weekend, and we've already been talking a whole bunch about it on the show. And I think one thing that our listeners of the Cosmopolitan.com podcast will be shocked to know is that it's like, you guys are, I mean, Jenny, you have a background in PR, but you guys basically are just obsessed Gilmore Girls fans who wanted to bring this to life, right? Yeah, we, um, we're big fans. We love the show. We like lots of the things it stands for, and um, we were just driving around on our way from New York to Maine, and I said to my husband, I wonder how far Washington Depot is from here, and <laughs> he said, look it up. So we Googled it, and I kind of looked at him, and he thought, uh-oh. <laughs> going on? Um, and he's always like, he's the one who sees things through. I have these big ideas, and he's like the tiny wheels and gets them spinning. And so, uh, yeah, just from the beginning, we, we're big fans. We, we do. We we, do, we own a PR and advertising agency in Austin. My husband does all the advertising, and I do all the PR side. And so we knew that we could create, like, the graphics, the layout, the whatever it is. We also knew that we could do the PR, and we thought, if you put it together, I think we've got this. I think it's a little naive, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I think that it's really interesting that your relationship dynamic mirrors a lot of relationship dynamics in the Gilmore Girls um, fandom. I met a, I met the few men who I met this weekend who were there were sort of like, my wife loves it. I love it by proxy. I know she's obsessed. So I'm glad that you have a, a, a Gilmore guy in your life who really supports you in this. I do. And I think when people ask him, Marcus, you can speak on this, but I feel like he's like unashamedly a Gilmore Girl fan. Like, I think some guys would be like, yeah, I mean, I've seen it before with my wife. He's like, yeah, I love the show. Didn't you say so, Marcus? No, absolutely. They did the writing so good on it that it just captivates you. And so it's been an easy show to watch. I think I've seen it probably, um, I don't know, four or five times, like all the way through. Nice. Jenny's seen a little bit more than me, but it's, it tends to be in the background all the time at our house. Yeah, but that's pretty, four or five times is pretty legit. So um, the festival obviously <laughs> that's just. Street cred right there, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the festival just wrapped this weekend, but in total, how long have you guys been working on this from the moment you were driving through Washington and had this inspiration to having it all come to life this past weekend? Oh, gosh. We, we were driving 
July 4th and traffic. I don't know if you've been to New England, but if you try to get from like New York to Maine on 4th of July weekend, you'll understand how much traffic I mean. Right. Um, but we uh, were driving, it was July 4th, July 6th. I sent the email to the selectman and then it was about a week or a week or so later we followed up and I think my husband was, Marcus, did you just laugh at me? Were you like, just leave them alone? Uh, um, yeah, I let them kind of go at their own their own pace and, and open it and see. Yeah, cause, I was kind uh, of urgent with it, and he was kind because of, I kept thinking I want to do this in the fall. I need, I need to start planning, and I, I didn't even know if they were going to say yes yet. Um, and so it was probably middle of July. They finally reached back out and said, "Well, some of us have heard of the show, and maybe it's interesting, but I'm not sure yet." And so I said, "Well, can we fly up?" And he was like, "Well, uh, if, if you want." And so we flew up July 23rd, about a month into. A month later, we um, literally a month from the first time we met them to when we launched the festival, it was a, a month and one day. So we did everything in about a month. We built the website. We um, did all the, like, media stuff. We did everything with the cast. We made sure all the arrangements were made. We booked hotels for the cast and stuff. We, uh, gosh, I'm sure I'm missing stuff, Marcus. But Wait, but I'm actually like, shocked. Yeah. I just assumed this was something that you guys have been planning for, like, a year but this was no. a few months oh you gosh, put this whole thing together. For a year, honestly, we wouldn't have had one hiccup. There's like things that like <laughs> yeah. we threw, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to say like, oh, it wasn't a nine to five. Like on, honestly, since July 23rd, I don't think the two of us have slept more than three hours in one night. Oh my we gosh. like have done this nonstop. I don't think we've talked. Like someone asked me, we're actually in three different. I'm in Connecticut right now, and he's in Maine. He headed back home this morning um, to get our kids, but we haven't been in the same room. We haven't finished sentences to each other. Like. Everything is through email. We've honestly just been going nonstop between the two of us. It's every tiny detail had to be done, volunteer schedules and the vendors, the town. We're planning a festival in a town we'd never been to before. So it was it was Yeah, I don't think sprint. we didn't get final approval from the, the town until like was it like the fifteenth or something? Like it was almost yeah, mid August. Oh my yeah, gosh. We hadn't even built the website until the fifteenth and we launched on the twenty yeah. fourth. So it was like in nine days we built a website, figured out ticketing build all the like logo and branding we had we literally had nothing we just had ideas until august 15th and then the 24th we launched it it sold out in 10 hours and then we kind of fine-tuned the details every day since then was there a moment so this was just i'm realizing now hearing you tell the story what an insane world whirlwind this was from start to finish was there a moment where it sort of was like oh this is really happening um i would honestly say I mean, I'm, we're pretty idealistic, and we like to do fun things and challenge ourselves. I think from the moment I looked at him and said, hey, how far do you think Washington Depot is here from Hartford on July 4th? We both knew this was going to happen. <laughs> the <laughs> wheels were turning. <laughs> like, this is who we are. Um, Marcus, what, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. I just I've, Since then, I've avoided, like, any traffic zones. <laughs> they stop us for anything. I, I go around the... The red marks on the Google Maps. So there's no more ideas yeah. just yet. I'll never have. I'll never um, be stuck in traffic again. I'll have all sorts of crazy ideas. <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I also had this idea, and I was too lazy to make it come to fruition. So, you know, and I, I had a dollar for. Who <laughs> told me that? We actually had a phone call from the state of Connecticut tourism office that said. This was an idea we had 16 years ago, and I, I paused for a second. And I thought, well, you had 16. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a month. You had 16 years. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, well, you can help if you want, but I, we're going forward. So, I mean, I think a lot of people did it, and I think that it sounded great. Like, it was one of those things that my mind was blown whenever we reached out to them, and they said, no one's ever came to us with this idea before, but I think we'd be up for it. And at the time, I, I actually think this is my favorite anecdote of all of them. When I first came in the room, Marcus can attest, it was a room full of men in probably their 50s to 70, maybe 75, and two women, one who had seen the show and one who 
claimed to be a, a, a bigger fan of the show. Other than that, no one really in the town had expressed too much interest in it. They'd never, they said every now and then they'd see people taking photos, but it wasn't as big of a deal as they thought it would be. And so I would say maybe a month later, I don't know if Marcus remembers about the time frame, every time afterwards we came into town, we walk into a business and everyone there exclaims, hey, Jenny, hey, Marcus, we're actually on episode three, season four. Like now everyone in town's watching the show. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's you no did a good thing like, for these people. Like, yeah, I think that I they need so. to know. So it's, it, I'm glad their eyes have been open to this. Yeah, right. I think now, like, I don't know. They called me this morning, and they were, like, asking if we want to do it again. And, like, whatever. And it's funny because at first we thought, oh, they're going to think we're wild and crazy and whatever. And so um, the fact that they were, I think they all saw a big, just, like, a big happy point in this. They were all really happy. The business owners were very, very complimentary. They said the guests were so great. The cast blew their minds, like, the people just came together. Like everything I've heard has been so positive that I'm like, yeah, it's such it's such a great fandom. Like the, yeah. the fans, the fans have made it worth it. And I think that they kind of turned the town. I think it was really Absolutely. lovely how you guys did things within the town, like how you had the dance recital at um, oh, with Studio no D, idea. and mm-hmm. yeah. honestly, we worked so hard to make sure. I, they came to me and they're like, "Are you going to bring in big Hollywood?" And I said, "No, I wanted this to be like a hyper local thing. Yeah. Like, why not just use the people here and just let it fit into the show?" And and, and I think that's Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that really gave it that stars hollow feels. So I have yeah, to ask, I'm so are, glad. yeah, are you going to do it again? Well, you're the first person to ask me. Want to hear a funny story? <laughs> I read an article yesterday from the Today Show, and the first paragraph it said the first annual. And I looked at Marcus. I said, "Oh, <laughs> I haven't asked you, but I guess we'll do it again." <laughs> yeah, it's on the internet now. It's real. Oh my God, it's <laughs> real. <laughs> the so Today Show scooped you. You didn't yeah. even know. That's right. You can say that you reported it first. Awesome.com <laughs> podcast. All Exclusive. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's- we don't know when or what that looks like but um we have fun ideas we had two really fun ideas and i don't know marcus do we keep them in our pocket or do we tell them you tell them yeah oh, no no let's keep them in our pocket oh <laughs> marcus give let's, us a teaser wait, at least this, no that's this way we do another podcast right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right yeah i don't even know if it's logistically possible but two of my grand ideas you know the ideas we had on the highway between connecticut and maine recently i was like this has right, to happen you, you tell one and i'll tell one yeah okay which one do I? You tell them first, I'll tell the other one. Okay. Actually, I'll, no, I'm going to tell one because, to be honest, it seems like a very thing that my husband would do for me when I'm asleep. I really, really, really want to build an ice ice skating rink. Oh, yeah. That would be lovely. Wouldn't that be Lorelei so much fun? Rink. Yes. Oh, that is so Lorelai. I love that. Yeah. It's also so my husband. <laughs> I feel like it would be a really sweet thing to do if we could, like, pull it off. Someone pointed out to me that the insurance of that is really crazy but i was like i have a year we can get it done yeah (laughs) well we've seen what you can do in a few months yes and then yeah how cool would it be to have like the official hay bell maze in town yeah oh god that'd be crazy (laughs) yes oh my gosh you guys have your work cut out for you i can't wait so you're you're definitely doing it again you just don't know exactly when or where no clue. We have a lot of, like, wrap-up to do. I'm actually, I should probably tell you, if you hear the wind blowing, I'm inside and packing up the car and getting everything out. All of our staff and volunteers left, but they left behind 18 people's worth of stuff. <laughs> of <laughs> course. Really wrapping up. <laughs> and I'm going to, I have a bunch of, like, people to follow up with, and then tomorrow I think I'm going to just go around and say goodbye to the townspeople. Yeah. My husband is wrapping up, unpacking the rest of the trailer and truck from the festival, and I think 
after that, we'll sit down in a week or two and say, what does this look like? I like how you're not like, we're going to take vacation. You're just like, and then we will Are start planning. <laughs> we have three kids. We have a five-year-old and twins that are three. We don't ever sit down. Oh, my gosh. gosh. You guys are amazing. Well, before we have to let you go, um, Anne-Marie and I have spent this entire episode talking about our favorite moments from the Fan Fest. Did you each have a favorite moment that really stands out to you? Oh, um, I do. I can go first. I think so far, it's, it's not necessarily the Fan Fest. We've been getting so many emails in about these mother and daughter trips that they had and how, like, these are just the best memories they've had um, from the weekend that they were they were able to relive, you know, all the memories that they had 15 years ago, and relive those in Stars Hollow, and uh, like almost like to the point where you get teary eyed reading. He's like, oh, this was something so special for so many people. Um, it was it was more than just a festival, and uh, that's probably been my favorite part is reading the feedback from from some of the people who came this weekend. I don't think you've even started to see half of it, Marcus. I feel like they're flooding in in every email we have. Oh, I can't wait awesome. to get home and show you. It's really cool. Um, and what about you, Jenny? Did you have a single favorite moment? Mine's a little twofold. Do you have like two minutes? Oh, yeah. Go for it, girl. Okay, so my, my twofold is when I start, I think that maybe there's a little bug in my ear from a while ago. I was at the ATX TV festival, and I had like the most adult surprising moment of my life. My husband and I were at the Friday Night Lights like, tailgate at the ATX Festival, um, who, by the way, is a really good friend of ours, and she was at the event helping us as well. Um, the ATX Festival had this tailgate, and I'm not on Twitter. I do Instagram. I do Facebook. We do social media all the time, but I just don't get on Twitter, and she had announced on Twitter at the tailgate there is going to be a Hep Alien concert, and so people are running, and I thought they were just getting ready for Friday Night Lights, and we're standing there like, I don't know, 10 feet away from Todd Lowe, Keiko, and John Cabrera, and all of a sudden we start hearing this fictional band of my favorite show in the world, and I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the, it was literally the biggest, I mean, I think it may have surprised me more than the gender of my kids. <laughs> it was something so bizarre. I mean, at least then, you know, like, I'm going in to find if it's a boy or a girl. I had no I, no idea. And so I said to my husband at one time, I was like, what if we could, like, kick off a Hep Alien tour, like a really fun, like, you know, they do like a three-city tour or something, like a Seventh-day Adventist tour. And uh, I just kind of was, like, joking about it. And so when we started the festival, my goal was to get Hep Alien on stage. Well, I'd reached out to John Cabrera, and he said, oh, I'm getting back from my honeymoon, and I don't, I don't really play the bass, so I'd have to, like, practice faking the bass or <laughs> learning a few chords. And I said, oh, okay, I understand. And Keiko was like, well, if John doesn't want to do it, I don't, I don't know. Um, and Todd was like, oh, come on. I said, well, how about John, you just do a little show, because he's actually a musician in California. He plays, like, some, like, uh, oh, what's, like, a, a, like a rock country, I guess. And I said, yeah, well, you do LA it. Mm-hmm. Hootenanny. What, what is it, the L.A. Hootenannies? Yeah. Okay, he plays for the L.A. Hootenannies. They have a bar. They do this set all the time. And I said, would you do it? He said, sure, I'll do it, but I don't really want to plan it. I don't want it to feel like a rock show about me. He said, how about if I just pop up somewhere? If you'll give me a PA, I'll do it. So I was like, okay, sure. So I think that John and Keiko were a little bit hesitant because that day he was talking at lunch. He said, just come up with me. We'll sing one Carol King song, and then we'll get off. And they are both like, well, I don't know, I don't know. So we didn't know until last minute they were going to jump out there and do it. So I'd say my favorite, the first part of my favorite moment was when they got up there on stage and sang Where You Lead to a group of people that had no idea they were coming. It was so amazing. My second favorite part was knowing the apprehension behind it, that I don't play bass, that, oh, I don't know, like, whatever. The fact that they actually did it for their fans was really cool because they stopped and took selfies, and I'm the only one who heard it. But as we were walking to the car to put them in the car, 
I can't remember if it was Todd, John, Keiko, or Sean Gunn, because they were all there, but one of them whispered, that was actually really cool. Aww. And, like, it was so neat to see that they their favorite, like, memory of that was that, like, the fans were excited to see them. I don't think they understood what it meant until they saw, I, I don't know, to them they were like, that was actually really cool. That's and nice. to me, that was my second part of that moment. That's amazing. Amory and I were actually, we brought up that performance earlier in the podcast, which we missed. So all the more reason well, you have, have to do this again. Video. Do you want it? <laughs> we've, yes. we've seen the video. Um, actually, okay. Valerie showed the costume designer had this amazing video on her phone that yeah. she did like a screening for us. So that was cool. <laughs> so I felt like I was there. But um, and well, before. Another thing is these people are like more than human. They're so nice. We had the yeah. best time hosting the cast because I feel like that's who I mainly talk to and the media was so great everyone was so wonderful Marcus was so good everyone was so great I didn't have one person complain and if you remember it was like 30 degrees and pouring rain and no one said a word about it yeah, yeah. and your team like the volunteers everybody was just oh, so nice yeah. and everyone was such oh, big fans and they were just really really great and accommodating and wonderful it was so oh, it was so amazing yeah. yeah and before we have to let you guys go officially Anne-Marie and I already mentioned that there was adorable swag to purchase like these really cute sort of insidery Gilmore Girls reference t-shirts oh, yeah that awesome. I know you guys actually Actually designed, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do them all. It's Kindred Handicrafts. You can get them at kindredhandicrafts.com, or we have them on a little Etsy shop too. But we're about to like throw out now that it's cold and we live in New England and we understand what winter is like instead of Austin. Um, <laughs> we are about to add a bunch of long sleeves and sweatshirts and all sorts of fun stuff and. I don't know. It's, thank you for mentioning that. We did have some fun stuff. I'm glad that you saw it and liked it. Oh, my gosh. We loved it. It was, like, actually cool merch. Like, it yeah. wasn't just, like, ugh, a fan slogan. Like, it actually felt like cool yeah. stuff. It's, like, beautifully wear. designed. That's the shirts are good. super soft. And, yeah. like, I appreciate, like, a nice wide neck shirt. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like crew yeah, necks. Like and so they come in different cut. cuts. And they are just – and there was only one insider reference that I didn't get and had to look up. Which one was it? 22.8. Oh, and, it's the distance between uh, Yale and Stars Hollow. Right, and then and then Jess goes, "Do you Yahoo?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's such a nineties reference." Yeah, exactly. One of the cast members wanted me to make a new one, or not cast members, the crew, the casting director, Mark Casey, said, "Well, my favorite quote wasn't on there, so I just got away with the poodles for Jamie, the other casting director." I said, "What was yours?" And so I have to go back and look at it because I remember the name. But what's whenever they're like getting off an elevator somewhere and someone says China, wow, and she said we use China Wow all the time, like the two of us. And so I was like, I'm gonna have to make a China Wow shirt. I don't know what it looks like, so I need to go back and watch it. Oh, I, I love the that. Words, but I can't visit the scene. Um, one of the shirts that you didn't have that is on your site um, is um, "Think How Dull Your Life Would Be Without Me," and that yes, I think is. Cool. We love that one. That is basically Elisa. I know. I I was like, I want that one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, even aside from the Gilmore Girls reference, I just love the narcissism of us. It's so good. I know. That's what we thought. Like, I will say the what she tackles, she conquers. The quote that uh, Richard says to Emily about Rory trying to order salmon puffs for the D. Oh, right. (laughs) And so, honestly, we get requests all the time of women that are fighting cancer, that are going through really hard stuff. I wanted to get it for my mom. And so we, we send them to people all the time. A lot of times if we know someone's going through something, we just send it as a gift or something. But uh, we wanted to do it as like a pink one for like breast cancer awareness. And I think we missed the opportunity. I think we're like either too late in October or whatever to do it. But um, that's another one that people are like, I wear it all the time and people don't even know it's Gilmore Girls. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, you guys have a lot on your list for 2017. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. We just had the best time and it was so great to talk to you. And I feel like your story about driving through a town and having this brilliant idea and bringing it all to life is just so cool and inspiring. So thank you both. I hope you get to sleep for longer than three hours tonight. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. Thank you so much. Sure. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Sometimes standing out is about doing things differently than everyone else. Sometimes it's just about wearing the right pair of shades, and sometimes it's doing both. I want to tell you guys about the coolest company taking over the sunglasses industry right now, Diff Eyewear. I've been wearing their rose tortoise frame with blue purple mirror lenses. They are so cute and chic. I love that the lenses add a pop of color to my look. I actually just posted an Instagram photo where I'm wearing them so you can check them out there. Diff Eyewear offers stylish handmade sunglasses constructed with high-end materials. They're as good or better than designer sunglasses without the $200 or $300 price tag. Instead, Diff sunglasses start at just $50 a pair. And the best part, for every pair of sunglasses you buy, Diff Eyewear will give a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. So I think there have been a lot of companies like that that have been popping up that really have this social justice bent to them. And that is part of what I like about Diff Eyewear so much, in addition to the fact that their sunglasses are like social media crack. Like they look so cool on your Instagram with these brightly mirror colored lenses. They also work with a ton of celebrities. So if you go to their website, I guarantee you're going to say like, oh, I've actually seen these sunglasses before. Not only on my Instagram feed, but on the Kylie and Kendall Jenners of the world. So you can literally afford to get a pair in every color you like and still pay less than some designer brands. It just makes sense. So do good, buy smarter, be diff. Go to diffeyewear.com slash Cosmo. That Cosmo part is important. Right now to get 15% off your purchase, you guys know I always hook you up with a deal. That's diff, D-I-F-F, eyewear.com slash Cosmo for 15% off. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to throw it out there one more time in case you like needed to get a pen or whatever. Diffeyewear.com slash Cosmo. Get your pair for 15% off. I saw you wearing them this weekend. I was totally obsessed with them. I was wearing them all weekend. <laughs> it's just like all coming full circle. Um, but they're super cute, aren't yes. they? Yes. yes. I yes. love them. They're super cute. Um, so we have, I feel like we could talk about this forever and ever and ever, right? I could just live here. It's yeah, fine. you could just live here. You're officially co-hosting the podcast now, Amory. <laughs> um, but I do want to say that one of my favorite highlights of the weekend was becoming besties with, you became besties with a guy who plays Andrew. I became besties with a girl who plays April, Vanessa Moreno. She's also the star of Switched at Birth, if you've seen that on Freeform. She was just so cool. Yeah. Um, I sort of met her right off the bat on Friday night at the cast party, um, and we just like talked in a real way. Um, and so one of the things I'd asked her, and I'm going to play this for you guys really quick, is of course everybody, Vanessa Moreno, best person ever, character April, worst, worst person ever. ever. Everyone hates April, so I asked her that. I was like, girl, what's it like to play a character that um, basically everyone hates? It's funny, I don't have to defend her as much now that, you know, the show ended with Luke and Lorelai being together. Right. Like, everyone got over it. So, that's nice. But definitely, I knew that was something that I was signing on to in the beginning. I was like, because I was such a fan of the show that I knew what this character was, even though it wasn't her fault. But I knew what she was going to do. And so, if anything, was at war with myself. Um, and I cut that off awkwardly in the middle. But um, I go on to ask her about you know, her being a child actress on this super famous show and also her audition, which she has a really funny story about. So I'm going to go ahead and play that too. I didn't want Luke and Laura to break up, but I also really wanted to be on Gilmore Girls. Right. So. so you're like, whatever, I'll do it. Exactly. So how old were you when you started filming? 13. 13. Yeah. Um, and so you you were a huge fan of the show. Did you start watching, like, did you watch the pilot when you were like a little kid? No, I, you know, it comes full circle because okay. I actually got into it because they did, used to do reruns on ABC Family. I think they still do, actually. Right. Which, ironically enough, switched at birth, which I'm 
on now airs on ABC Family slash Freeform. Right. But that's literally what I would watch the reruns every day. I think it was on at five every single day. My sister and I would watch it. And then eventually we just caught up and then started watching it. I think in real time and about season end of season four. Okay. And so how did the process work? You were a huge fan of the show and the audition just came up and you were like, yes, yes, yes. Literally the audition came up and it was like, teenage girl, quirky, has storyline with Luke. That was the only information. But because I'm crazy and obsessive, I was like, that must mean they're giving Luke a daughter. That must mean she's going to break up Luke and Lorelai. Ugh, must get it. Like that was my insanity. And then I saw the word quirky and I was like, that means she's wearing glasses. I don't wear glasses. Because that's how you interpret things oh, in, yeah, that's in Hollywood. Exactly. It's like quirky means she's wearing glasses, yeah. right? Smart, she's wearing glasses. Yeah, so did you wear glasses? Pretty means she's blonde. Like, that's really the story of my life. Smart means she's brunette. That's very, you know, easy terms that they break it down into. So did you wear glasses? I, did, I bought the red glasses from, like, a Rite Aid or a CVS. The ones that she wears on the show? Yes. You're kidding. I bought them with my dad. And uh, we. I was between two glasses, and we asked a lady in the CBS. We were like, which one of these looks more quirky? And she was like, the red ones. And we were like, nice. And I went into the audition, but because I got them from the pharmacy, they were a prescription. <laughs> they were like a low prescription, but they were still a prescription. So the audition was kind of blurry. And then I got You're on like, I remember nothing. I don't remember what anyone looked like. Right. And then when I got on set, I kept taking them on and off. And the prop guy looked at me and he was like, do you not wear glasses? I was like, nope. He's like, are those prescription? I was like, yep. He's like, do you want me to put in clear glass for you? I was like, yes. Wait, I love that the prop guy called you out. He's like, I've yeah. seen this before. Yeah, he literally was like... So yeah, that was Vanessa Moreno. She was so fun, super cool. Um, she actually just emailed me while we were here on the <laughs> podcast because I want her to um, write some stuff for us. My but best friend Mike emailed me this morning. I just want you guys to know. So don't think you're that special. I know. I just like, we can't help like bragging about it. <laughs> um, I have one more interview that I want to play for you guys. Which this was talking to the character who plays Jackson, whose name is actually Jackson in real life. Um, and this interview is a few minutes long, but it's really interesting because I asked him about starring opposite Melissa McCarthy and if they still keep in touch. And he also revealed a fact that I had never known before, a major continuity error about the show. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this. Um, so hi, Jackson. How are you? Hi, I'm good. What is the most common thing people ask you to say in character? Um, a deep fried shoe. Deep fried shoe. Um, do you keep in touch with Melissa McCarthy? Try to, but it's difficult. Her schedules, we both have kids now, and she's got, you know, a giant career, and it's impossible to manage all of that stuff and then maintain a relationship when there's a lot of things that you don't share in common. I mean, the great commonality that we had was the show. So, you know, you know we reconnect when we can and when we do. It's wonderful, but... No, it's not as common as when we're working together. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that's so interesting is, of course, at the time, so much has changed about TV since the time that Gilmore Girls was on the air. But back in the day, it was literally impossible to stream something. I mean, eventually the show comes out on DVD, and so you can do it. How do you think that has changed the relationship that people have to the shows they're watching? When you can literally sit down on Netflix and go from <laughs> start to finish. I think you can, because you can binge watch now, you can get a more intimate and deeper relationship with the show than you could before. I 
mean? Because you would connect for an hour, and then you had a whole week before you could reconnect to your characters. Now, you know, we just go one after the other after the other. You know, I watched the Game of Thrones in a weekend. And it's right. Like the intensity of the relationship with those characters in the show is so much greater now with having things on demand. I also think something we cover a lot, you know, at Cosmo on the site and stuff, is anytime there are these conspiracy theories about shows. And mm-hmm. for one thing, you know, with the internet, it's so common to put those up there and get a response, and that kind of feeds the theories. But also, when people are binge watching, it's easier to notice an inconsistency or something that doesn't line up in the plot. That's true. Things you didn't really notice week to week. Right. Because you can watch them now so much faster than we could make them. You know, it's right. eight days to make an episode of Gilmore Girls. And so it's just you know, the time would just go by and you would forget. And, you know, my last name changed in the middle of the show. And I don't think anybody really I realized what you're what, you know, it was Melville and then it was Belleville. And it was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Just in the like, reboot, it would be something else altogether. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. <laughs> um, did you know that, that Jackson's name changed? I might have known that. You might have known that. Oh, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Um, I love how you're talking about basically how crazy the fans are and there's just giant roars in the background. Of yes, that. I should like, have clarified that, you know, Jackson was basically backstage once they started the panel and waiting for his moment to go out. So the terrible audio is in part because everyone in the crowd is already cheering for the people on stage. And also, too, because he's so much taller than I am. So I felt like I was like holding my recorder at my mouth level and he was like a foot above me. So true stories about <laughs> interviewing celebrities. Um, Anne-Marie, it's almost time for us to go, even though, like I said, we could talk about this all day long. What is, like, one final thing you want to say in closing about your weekend or about your Gilmore Girls obsession? Anything we didn't cover? I think it was just really cool. I, You know, even though, Elisa, you and I were two of the few people who actually dressed up in costume and I think <laughs> like total it, in the beginning we were like yeah we're Rory check it out and then like as it were on we're like is this getting weird is this and is when this we were strange? talking to the cast yeah. which I hadn't really thought about that part I thought we'd be like among the fans and then I was like oh it's actually kind of weird to be interviewing these cast members dressed like a total people were like is this Rory cosplay <laughs> I was like I'm an adult I have a job I know I'm wearing like a pleated plaid skirt right now but um um, but that was actually really cool, and all of them treated it like it was completely normal, and I think they really enjoyed it. So I think that was that was okay, and I, it was just it was such a nice way to feel like really immersed and feel like of my people. And um, you know, my husband, even though he knows the plot lines just as well as I do, he's one of the guys that's like, eh, it's fine, I like it, I think it's well written, but he's not super into it. Marcus, I think, is awesome for actually like being super into it. Um, so it was just nice to be able to. To talk to people and debate things and even if I didn't agree with them team Jess what, what? Um, I did it was really nice to like hear people have like think through those opinions and really have like deeply you know thought opinions about things that like I completely disagree with Absolutely, absolutely. It was like one thing, this is kind of a good moment to close on. Anne-Marie, I had said to you at one point in the middle of the festival, you know, at some point after our millionth like 
our millionth conversation with Kirk or whatever, <laughs> I would sort of said, this is making me want to go home and like watch Gilmore Girls until I die. And you were like, I actually think I feel the opposite. <laughs> like, has it been like too much? How are you feeling now? I think that I'm going to take a break until um, November 25th is when they launch the, the, reboot. the reboot. And I think then I'm going to be in deep again. Um, but I, I love that you just called him Kirk and his name is Sean. <laughs> Sean. Sean Kirk. Poor Sean. Poor Sean. I'm sorry, Sean. And I'm sure you're listening to this out there. Um, but thank you guys all so much for tuning in to the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Benson. I think I might have. Did I forget to say that at the top of the show? You might have. I, I might have. But like, does it even matter? You guys know who I am. You're just here for the Gilmore Girls gossip. But thank you always for t- tuning in. As always, please like the show share it rate it send it to all your friends tell your friends about it i think i'm just repeating myself now but i just want to make sure you guys get the point help me promote this into the world um and Anne marie where's the best place for people to follow you if they want to debate with you about being team logan oh my gosh i'm on both twitter and instagram at Anne marie conti which is a-n-n-e-m-a-r-i-e-c-o-n-t-e and you can check out the amazeballs picture of me sitting on the lorelei Jeep um, in my Rory costume that Elisa took and all of the other fun um, cast interactions I had this weekend. Anne-Marie was basically like paparazzi. So if you <laughs> want to see like the pictures of Hep Alien, if you want to see all the pictures of the cast meets, check out Anne-Marie Conti on Instagram. And as always, you guys can find me at Elisa Benson, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-N-S-O-N on Twitter and Insta and Snapchat, which I literally never use, and everywhere else. If there's something that you guys want to see me talk about on a future episode of the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour Podcast, or, again, if you just want to fight with me about why you're Team Jess and why I'm totally wrong for being Team Logan, let me know. I'm going to be Team Dean from now on. I'm totally doing it. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Okay, on that note, see you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.